When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. What's going on, guys? Um, we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast. Um, I'm sponsored by Axe and Sledge. Won't really focus in here, but uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, the grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, this is your mom's sweet peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta alanine, um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axonsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic10, that's M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show. All right, everybody, this is In Liberty and Health. I got the man, the myth, the legend with the sexiest cum gutters I've ever fucking seen. And he is a fellow 19th Amendment disrespecter. I got Top Lobster with me today. Dude, how are you? What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. I like the intro. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you know, I remember when the whole situation came up with Martha Bueno, and I didn't quite get it. But now looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? Top was fucking right. At first, I, I was like, man, maybe he's being a little harsh, but. Nah, dude, you were right. <laughs> I might, I might have to start making one of those jars. The top lobster was right jar. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but so, yeah, somebody said uh, top lobster is like a, a prism that uh, you can just put up and look at like libertarians, and if they don't pass the top lobster test, then they're no good. Because people have doubted my my judgment, <laughs> but I've been a hundred like probably a hundred percent. I was wrong about Reed. I thought Reed was a faggot. Actually, I'm right about that. So. <laughs> I'm right about that. Forget, forget about it. Forget I said that. <laughs> so, so you are 100% correct. 100, every time. Every single time. <laughs> yeah, I think it really came to life for me when I saw Scott Horton um, kind of dog on her because she was pretty much advocating for us to go over to Cuba. I'm like, oh, dude, that's like, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even really why. I mean, I, I did sense that from her a lot. And uh, yeah. I, put, I put out the flags. I was like, she's, like, she's giving kind of like neocon vibes. And it's understandable where mm -hmm. that's not understandable. I don't know. Like uh, there, there are some good libertarians or people on the right where when the stuff popped off with Ukraine, they were uh, um, 
sympathetic to the war or yeah like whereas their better senses would have told them right off the bat whatever you know rothbard would have said or you know even scott horton they would have agreed with but then Mm -hmm. like i have family there so they kind of lean there and i sense that about her pretty early Mm -hmm. but she does have family so like yeah i kind of get it that 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 wasn't what popped off the altercation oh i remember yeah yeah, it was just like leftist bullshit. Another mm-hmm. another person just did it to Jeremy Kaufman, somebody who I had done artwork for for through, through Josh's channel, mm-hmm. and uh, they called him called him a racist or something. I'm like, man, it's just it's just so gay. I hate I hate when people do that. Uh, yeah, and, and it's funny because if you listen to these people talk, a majority of people like if you think about like Pete or Jeremy or a lot of these guys who seem pretty brash, if you talk to these people on one, they're like the nicest people you could ever talk to. Cause I remember um, when I first started the show, I shot a message over to Pete Quinones and uh, because um, somebody was saying, talking shit about him. And I'm like, I, I think you're missing his point. And it's, a libertarian that I was kind of tweeting about today. That was just absolutely insufferable. They'd much rather be right. And, you know, just be, factually or morally right rather than actually have any kind of application in the real world one of those insufferable libertarians well i said that over to pete i'm like this is like i think he's missing the point he's like dude thanks for like sticking up for me and i expected him to just say like okay well you know whatever get the fuck out of here but anyways just what i found with a lot of the more brash people is that generally they're actually very very good people it's just you're being a pussy about what they're saying (laughs) yeah yeah i I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm like a genuinely good person. I talk a lot of shit too, but, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not like this in real life. I just don't like to skirt around the edges. I'll say what I mean Mm -hmm. or what I really love, like Pete Quinone is what I really love about that guy is that he, he's not, he's not scared to explore ideas that may be wrong or right. Yeah. And, and he's like outspoken about it. He's, I, I, when I met him, I met him a couple of times. I told him, I said, Hey, listen, the reason why I'm here, why I've made the move to Florida in a large part is because of him. Like the the bravery that he has to explore these ideas or just like, you know, break down a wall and say, well, let me look at this. Let me read this and do 10 fucking podcast episodes exploring it. Mm-hmm. Helped me to open up my mind and say, you know what? Uh, like I had, a, I had a job where I was at before and and I, I felt like I was pinned down, but I was like, you know what? Let me, let me open up my mind and see like what is possible and test the waters yeah. and be more... You just just express express more openness because I guess I was kind of like my openness trade is, was a little bit closed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really do credit. I, I thank him for that. I thank him for that. And yeah, I, pe- people talk a lot of shit about him. I mean, it, it doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And he really kind of changed the way that I looked at politics. Um, I can't remember exactly how I heard of him. I want to say it was probably through Dave Smith or Josh Smith, him going on one of their shows. And um I did a pretty deep dive and let's do a lot of his stuff. And what I can really admire about somebody and really anybody in general who kind of has this public transformation where they're very open and honest that like, Hey, I'm changing the way that I'm thinking. And you could tell it's genuine, right. Versus where you see somebody who's just clearly doing something for clout or grifting, like, okay, that that's one thing, but somebody that's like saying, Hey, this isn't working for me any longer. And as I dig further into these ideas or as I explore new things, um, my mind changes. There's something that I just have always really, really liked about um, people who are honest and open about it rather than just one day coming out and changing. When you could see the progress in someone's thought, it's really interesting because you can kind of travel along with them and maybe you'll find yourself in a similar position. Yeah. It's, it's also a testament to the personality of what, like what you were saying. Right. So it seems like 
a Pete seems like a brash person. Like if you just read his Twitter, you're like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. And then it looked like it looked like there was going to be a huge fallout between you know him and Scott Horton and all this stuff, and even like Dave Smith when mm -hmm. things got crazy. But he's just a nice person. So right. he's I mean he was just on part of the pride. I haven't listened to it, but he's just on there. It's really like, good. It's good. I'm sure it is. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's hang he still has a good relationship with Scott and a bunch of yeah. other people where I was like, I just hope he doesn't burn bridges. He didn't. That's just, I mean, this is how he is, but mm. you need people like that to explore these, these new, maybe not even new ideas, but introduce people to new ideas or introduce, mm -hmm. reintroduce themselves to them and see if they can grow in that direction. So yeah, I, I like those kind of people. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess kind of coming back to you then, um, you were born and raised in New York, correct? Yeah. Okay, so it, I was listening to one of your appearances on Break the Cycle a little bit earlier um, today, and it's interesting, and please correct me where I'm wrong, because I don't want to make any assumptions or say anything that's incorrect. Um, you were a part of the LPMC, and now it seems like you're kind of past that. And um, I have been very, very open about my skepticism of the LP and very, very open about my support of the LP as well. But same deal. I've been very, very open to other ideas. I've hosted debates on this show or not debates, but kind of roundtable surrounding strategy. Um, I guess what has been kind of your genesis with going from the LPMC to perhaps being a little bit more apolitical, maybe even a little bit supportive of the paleo strategy, if I'm interpreting this correctly. And like I said, if I'm wrong, just, just tell me, but um. What has kind of been your genesis of the way you look at politics, especially over the last, like, let's say, actually, you know, through your entire life, then especially over the last uh, two and a half, three years? Yeah. Uh, so I I got into politics maybe four or five years ago, maybe six mm -hmm. years. I don't even know. We lost track of time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it was, you know, around obviously the whole Trump thing, maybe a little bit before that. So mm -hmm. that piqued my interest. And then I thought I was like a conservative. So I tried that on. Uh, didn't fit so well. I kept looking, found people like Dave Smith and Pete. I actually found Pete Quinones and uh, his book, The Kids Are Not All Right. And that was like a fun one. He had another meme book, but that that influenced me into like this LP sphere. And then uh, when you get there, you think that, oh, these guys are cool. They have the right answers, for, at least for the national party, because you don't understand the characters and the players yet. Mm -hmm. um, then I started to see like, you know, the Nick Starwalk types and all this. And, and then you get introduced to uh, a Mises, the Mises caucus. So that's, that's the next best thing. And, you know, you, I don't, I don't think I ever like, I, I, I don't think I did it, but like, I I try not to put my political affiliation, my, uh, my caucus status. I don't really, I don't really have one. I, because mm -hmm. these things can change with right. uh, different people, different ideas. Um, as far as like the Mises caucus goes, I, I was a member. I, I'm not a dues paying member to them anymore. Um, I've done work for them. I, I have a good relationship with Michael Heiss and everybody in it. I really like them. I like their ideas. I just disagree with them. Uh, it's, and it's been a while since I spoke about it, but, uh, one of like the first things that I kind of, kind of started to, uh, make me shy away from them was, the this episode with josh with josh smith that, that mm -hmm. he had where they didn't they didn't want to endorse him for advice it was just petty shit right and i'm like oh these guys are like playing politics with uh with with loyal people and they're not even playing politics at at a level that, that matters really, that that really <laughs> matters <laughs> to, i mean i think 
listen, it, listen, the world's crazy. They just yeah. CERN just turned on the, the Hadron Collider. So it could matter in in a year or two. Like we I don't I don't know how this this will actually go. I don't I don't know mm -hmm. what they what they're planning. Um I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I thought the only thing that differentiated them from you know the LP National or like you know Conservative Inc. is the fact that they didn't they didn't do this. Like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a, like a party of principles, I'm like all right. So then the people that bought you there, like let's be reliable, let's be true to them. That's that's a big thing for me. And I also understand mm -hmm. politically it might not might not work so good depending on your situation. But uh, that's that's one of the things that kind of started swaying me from that. And then you start getting into the uh, the post libertarian sphere with the I don't you know. Matt Erickson or uh, Andrew, you know, Popular Liberty, mm -hmm. and then Pete joins in afterward, and Though Bishop, these types, and they're making very good arguments too. Mm -hmm. So uh, after digesting those arguments, I kind of, I was like, you know what, I always, I always felt this way. There was always like little things about libertarianism, or at least like, like that style of libertarianism that uh, aren't, they, they don't sit 100% with me. So I guess that's where I, I, I didn't split, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I am. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in between. I, You're I'm not, watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching. Yeah. I, but I, does it even matter? I'm just shit posting on, I'm not, I'm not really, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not really sure exactly what I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to persuade anyone's politics. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to persuade their, their like major decisions. I'm going to say what I think though. Mm -hmm. If you tell me not to say what I think, I'm going to say it twice. Yeah. So, and that that has happened from <laughs> in some cases, and that's just going to make me go in the other direction. But yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. I, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Um, it, it just seemed to me, and like I said, I'm not trying to pin you down. I'm not trying to make this sound pejorative because I know it may sound pejorative, but. He... That's I, what you're gonna ask. Don't, don't, I'm not. I'm not offended. Like let's, let's I know. work this through. Yeah, I've about this shit in a long time. Like. Um, it, it just seemed like you kind of moved on from the LPMC, and you know, no begrudging towards you because I've kind of had a lot of the same revelations that you've kind of seemed to have, where it's like. When it comes to politics, if you're going to play politics, then let's fucking play. Like, we got to play to win. And sometimes it's going to mean it's not always going to be 100% libertarian, right? And Pennsylvania is a little bit different. And I guess Florida, as far as I know, is different as well because well, – Let me let me stop ahead. you right there. So just to track back again because now, now yeah. my thought – this is – that's exactly why. If sure. you're going to play politics, you're going to win. So if you're going to – if you're going to not sell out your – not sell out your friends, but if you're going mm. to basically throw them under the bus – it better be for a fucking good choice. Right. Not for a socialist, which is who they, <laughs> this guy, some other guy, Eric Rossup is, is somebody who they uh, originally were thinking about endorsing. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I, I bought some attention to it, some other people did and they backtracked pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then, then you'll have someone like Pete talking about a uh, Robert, Robert conquest law, you know, anything, mm. <laughs> anything not explicitly right wing to it will, will eventually go left. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, you're, you're kind of right so mm -hmm. that's sorry i just wanted to put a little asterisk on it but continue what you were saying <laughs> no that's okay um my point is and kind of what i've picked up from a lot of the post libertarians is that if you're going to play politics then you play to win right it mm -hmm. shouldn't be like the way that a lot of libertarians do it where i'm just running to run right i'm running to be an l and to have an l next to my name okay well that's fine depending on your locale because some states have different election laws and it's easier to get elected from what i understand in florida and pennsylvania and um 
you know, maybe you have an argument there for running in the Libertarian Party if you really just can't stand the thought of being a Republican. Um, th- that's fine, whatever. But kind of understand your locale and what your likelihood of winning is. And if, you know, just having an L next to your name is keeping you from winning, then what the hell are you doing? Like, because the goal should be liberty at the end of the day, right? It yeah. shouldn't be a bigger libertarian party. Um, now, if a bigger libertarian party means more liberty, okay, then let's focus our resources there. But I don't pretend to know that, you know, a bigger GOP or a bigger um, LP would lead to more liberty. In my mind, the way that I see it is that you have to be very, very strategic. And this is why I like uh, Brandon Harnish. I don't know if you follow him. His uh, tag is Paleo GOP on Twitter. Um, He was a Libertarian Party guy for quite a while. And then he recently, I want to say like a year or two ago, switched over and started working the Republican Party. And now he's going to be like a, a tax assessor on city council or something in Indiana. And then he'll have his friends in the Libertarian Party run or do certain things, go to certain meetings as a libertarian, because that way it's not just him attacking, you know, certain individuals. I think that's awesome. I think that's beautiful because that's a great way to achieve liberty by using both parties working together, right? Now, if you're just, like I said, if you're just running as a libertarian, just say you ran, then, well, what's the point? Um, I once again, if you're going to play politics, play politics. But if you just want to be an educational thing, then you kind of need to explicitly say that and kind of run it as that. But don't pretend that your political aspirations are for real if you kind of can tell that you're there's zero opportunity to actually win. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I I wonder what um, the Mises Caucus is doing because now that they have taken over the Libertarian Party, I mm-hmm. I don't think that criticism. That criticism is uh like it's it's a little bit outdated. That's definitely for the old LP. Yeah. Um. Although there's listen, there's so many different flavors of that because once the the LPMC won, then other people kind of like skirted in there and they're like, I was always, you know, I always thought mm-hmm. this way or I always thought, like, so you ha- you're gonna have to weed those people out. Um. But yeah, I'm I I am a big fan of win, uh, just win however you can win. If it's an R next to your name, it's an, if it's an L next to your name, if it's a, even if it's a D next to your name, mm-hmm. win, change something, or, or do do whatever you're you're trying to do. It actually, uh, it reminded me. I was on a panel with Dave Smith and Scott Horton, and I I brought up to them. Uh, they they were talking about like telling the truth, like like even about people like uh, we were, I think we were talking about like Jelaine, Jelaine Maxwell, and they were saying, well, that might actually not be completely accurate about her or about hillary clinton and i said how do you guys feel about just saying whatever about these people anyway and if it sticks who gives a fuck like these people are disgusting mm-hmm. if it if it furthers your means then you know why not why not just go for it and it seems like a little underhanded like a little dirty tactics but i don't know look around you look around the world like does it look like you're winning do you does it look like we're in <laughs> we're in a situation to be like yeah. sitting back and being, you know, taking the moral high ground while, you know, they, they cut our kids' dicks off or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they, they, of course, disagreed vehemently with me for like 20 minutes. But I was like, hey, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if, if you got to lie to get to, to, to win, if you have to cheat to win, <laughs> it's, it's not libertarian at all. But what will, what will get me, what will get me what I want in, uh, in, in the future? Like what, what will get the outcome that I desire? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind—I guess—I guess maybe like my journey from libertarianism, or even as like a younger adult, 
Whereas like, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be someone who has to deceive to get, I don't know, get pussy or jobs or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to get. I'd rather be honest with you. If you don't like me, you can move on. But I think, I think we're at a point where, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we kind of have to do whatever we have to do to achieve liberty in our lifetime. I, where, where does the name of your podcast come from? So this, it's a joke, right? Mine? Yeah, yeah. In liberty mm. and health? No, no. I I don't I figured something to try and get health and liberty in there. I couldn't <laughs> think of anything, so I just kind of fucking ran with it. I feel like I feel like I remember one of these libertarians that are like uh Oh god, now you're gonna make me want to change my fucking name <laughs> <in> my podcast. <laughs> I gotta make sure before you change it. I think they always like to, uh, sign off with something like in liberty and health. It might be Nick Sarwar. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, you're gonna drop that fucking bomb on me 118 episodes in. <laughs> All right, show, show's over. We gotta rebrand. <laughs> Holy I'm gonna, fuck. I'm gonna ask Josh Smith because he I remember a while ago he sent me some emails and someone was being like very sarcastic with him. Yeah. And they'll they'll say, like, I think you're a piece of shit, and then they'll say in liberty and health and sincerely Oh <laughs> my god. I, fucking I think, dropping think. a big ass bomb. <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh no dude you're good um but it is kind of good to see those kind of libertarians be exiled from the lp national now what i do see the lpmc being good for is promoting a culture that's surrounded around the ideas of libertarianism and freedom and you know individual i don't even want to say individualism but the way that i see best forward is changing the culture in general it doesn't necessarily have to be libertarian right we need to have people that kind of have more of libertarian leanings and also be a little bit more focused on being socially conservative because i think degeneracy tends to lead towards more chaos right um i really like to bring up pete again um his episode with uh, taylor shiring where they read through i i can't remember what um what one of hans Hermann hoppe's essays they were reading but um he brought up this example of you have a neighbor who's killing dogs in his yard. What must and, be done? Okay, it was what must be done. I, I thought it was that, but I wasn't 100% sure. But basically, in that essay, he details out, you know, basically a shitty neighbor, right? Well, at what point is it okay to say, I'm not tolerating this degeneracy? Well, if you have a culture of people who believe in social conservatism and being, you know, well spoken, behaving well, and respecting cultural norms surrounding, you know families and relationships then you're a lot less primed for that kind of shit right people aren't going to do that that's the way that i see um best to advance liberty and it's not necessarily a political thing and it's not going to be an overnight thing but that's kind of what i see is um something that really needs to be focused on yeah i i agree and you know that's one of the things i now not not to say that uh Cultural degeneracy is one of the things that the Mises Caucus does good, but culture. Mm-hmm. I think culture in general. Sometimes I see these guys; they're having fun, man. Yeah. And and they're also all different flavors of cons- from conservatism to like you know open libertarianism. But yeah, that when when I see those guys and they're having fun, they're fucking. I don't know. They they're dancing around with with Clint at at whatever uh, event in Las Vegas they're doing. It's just like okay, this is culture they're moving it in a direction they're having fun everyone else is crying and there's something to that then as as, like what you were saying cultural uh conservatism there's something very important to that too and that's very much how i live i'm not like a 
I'm like a party guy. I'm not out there. I'm married. I got kids and stuff. So it's something that I value and something that I do see. I, I see a lot of value. And it's, it's, it's why I moved to the, the neighborhood that I'm in now, because that's how people live here. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to be around. So I, yeah, I, I decided to pick up my life and, and move it to a place where it would fit my, my morals or ideals better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that is, uh, that is the, mm, it's, it's the thing that, that we need, that we need to strive for, but it's, it's also a bit of a, a weird ask. Like, where do we, uh, how do we, how do we get people into this fold without, uh, without, I, I don't know, religion that might turn people off? Because again, like a, a lot of the, um, post-libertarian people are, are, uh, uh what is it there it's, it's orthodox the christian i think it is orthodox christian yeah yeah and i think it's a great i think it's a great religion i'm not i'm not that religion i'm more pentecostal but my ideals would line up with them almost 100 percent. but uh other people are atheists and i hang out with them and they have morals and ideals just like me so how do we how do how do you get those people in the same spot without pushing some away with I don't know. Have you sensed that with some with some post libertarians or or things like that, like like almost like a purity test sometimes? Uh, um, see, I don't know because I live my life a lot that way too, and I never really came out as like a grows out a little bit. Oh my god, of course. My good. It might be me. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Believe me, it was me. My internet's so fucky. Um, <laughs> um. I don't know that I've ever necessarily felt a purity test because in the last probably four years, I've lived my life mostly as kind of a socially conservative guy, right? I mean, I'm getting married in November. Um, I bought a house when I was 22 years old and I've lived in the same house now for five years. Um, I've always kind of strived to be that way. And the way that I think we kind of get people there is by leading by example. And this is what I've kind of hoped to have my niche in this sphere kind of be is, um, give people the tools to make themselves better, right? I can teach you about health, about libertarianism, and, you know, about car stuff, about these things. I can give you the tools so that way you're a better person. And I think you need better people leading the movement and being part of the movement to influence other people, right? Because what good is preaching the gospel of libertarianism if absolutely nobody cares and nobody will listen, right? You need more interesting people because what happens when you look around a lot of fucking anarchists that you know, they're like just... I was on a show with somebody recently and I won't say who this person is and they're not like a big name, but um, I guarantee you me and this dude agree on like 100% of shit, right? Uh, But I just found him to be such just like an unappealing and just like cringy kind of person every time he talked and he's a full-blown anarchist and narco-capitalist or whatever. But like, like, I, I just like, you're unlikable. <laughs> I find your personality painful. I work with fucking boomer cons all day, every day. And I'd rather go out and have a beer with them and sit by the fire than fucking talk to this dude. You know, what was what was unlikable about him? Like specifically, if, if you it's just like you know how, and I'm guilty of this too to a degree. But when some libertarians answer questions about politics, it always has to go back to libertarianism and it has to go back to my principled stance. And this political figure is the worst person ever because of all these specific data points. And 
there i can't really describe it accurately but Religious? it's like almost right but yeah. it's they're not like explicitly religious but it's like libertarianism is their personality and their religion i yeah. find that to be so okay, that's more of what i was looking for i find it to be so painful when your entire personality is based around being a libertarian it's like okay then what like yeah. <laughs> what else do you have to offer you know what one of the one of the greatest things that's probably ever been said about you though bishop tweeted he said uh the least interesting thing about kyle is that he's a libertarian <laughs> <laughs> well i I really, really appreciate that. But uh, I, I try to put that last because it's like, yes, I'm a libertarian, but, you know, I'm also a personal trainer. Um, I play in a band. Um, I'm, I'm a mechanic, right? You're an artist. You played music. Um, you moved, what, 1,500 miles away from where you were born and raised? Um, there's plenty more interesting about you than there is about your politics. So why shouldn't we expand upon that? Because that's going to give us more opportunity to develop capital with other people, right? The fact that you're an artist, you can communicate with other artists. And then once you have relationship capital with these people, then you can convince them of our ideas, right? If I go to the gym and I start deadlifting and then maybe we can move into the conversation of like, holy fuck, why are these kettlebells so fucking expensive right now? Well, it's the Federal <laughs> Reserve, right. That's the Federal Reserve stealing your purchasing power. It's not the kettlebells getting more expensive. It means that your dollar's worth less. Um, we need to develop relationship capital with people so that way they invest in that relationship and they believe us in our ideas, right? And if we're not interested in people and if we don't motivate people in that kind of way, then what are we doing? Where's the movement going to go if you're not able to encourage people or if people don't look at you as someone worthy of influence? Yeah, I, I want to touch on that, but I also sure. want to backtrack one second. Yeah, I, good. The post-libertarians wasn't coming after you with a religious statement. I was kind of setting mm -hmm. that up because... I have seen a little bit of that on the post-libertarian side, but mm -hmm. you see a lot of that in the libertarian side where it is their religion. It's yes. <laughs> come back to, and to, to me personally, I grew up in a, in a household that was like a, it's Christian, Christian Pentecostal. And my mother was like, when she got into it, she was into it. Wouldn't talk to family for years because I don't know. She took it too seriously. Everything mm -hmm. had to be looked under the microscope of, of, is this God? Like, is this, and it really turned people off. It, it turned me away from the church for years and years. Where and now I'm, I, I go to church. I'm, I don't belong to one, but I feel like my life is a little bit better off uh, being centered around, especially with kids. Um, yeah. Anyway, very annoying when you base your entire personality around something that has really nothing to do with you. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a view that lines up with you, and and it's a, a libertarianism to me is just a, a, a good way to express what I think. You know, it's like uh, I name I named my brand Top Lobster because of Jordan Peterson. And at the time, um, I was like really heavy into what he was saying. So but but if I read it now, I'm like, oh, he's just saying obvious shit, but he's articulating correctly. And mm -hmm. then then I can say it and I can understand how I've been thinking this whole time. You know, he laid out the map, the the framework for me. In a sense, I guess I'm a hypocrite because my entire identity is now based on that. But <laughs> not necessarily, but uh, libertarianism should be that same kind of path where it's it's laid out for you and you say, okay, uh, yes, this is why I think this way and I can explain it mathematically why these kettlebells are so expensive. That's what that's what it is. It's not it's not something you beat someone over the head with. Um, but to, to come back, man, I, what was uh, I forgot what I, where I was going to run with. <laughs> it's just about basically people who 
center their lives around being libertarians and then um, being someone worthy of influence to influence other people into libertarianism. Oh. If we want to make more, if we want to create more liberty or create more libertarians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so an interesting thing about that is uh, every time I was on uh, Josh Smith's show, my mom would, she, she would watch my shit or my mm-hmm. wife and they're like, you guys are always on, or, or even like their, their relatives and stuff is like, you go on the show and you talk with Josh about bullshit. You just talk about all kinds of nonsense like that, either what, what, what happened on Twitter or just anything under the sun. And it has like a Liberty flavor to it, but I'm not sitting here preaching to you. And they're like, I don't know. Is my kids? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's fine, man. All right, just give me one second. Can we pause? Okay. We had a little bit of a uh, intrusion there, but I think we're all good now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I was saying, uh, yeah. So my uh, my friends and family would watch the show with me and Josh, and like you didn't talk about libertarianism. I don't know what it is, and I'm like, oh yeah, we didn't because I know that Josh knows what I know. So why not? That's our least common denominator. We know that stuff. Let's talk about shit that's interesting. So when I get together with people that are libertarians, I'm not, I don't want to talk about, I mean, sometimes, sometimes I'll talk about theories sometimes with people, but I want to talk about other things. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this stuff all day with the norm, the normie people in my life, you know, like everything that's going on around me, I'm thinking about it through a lens of liberty. When I'm around people that you know, love liberty or, or kind of like exude it the way I do. Why the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Fauci's evil. Okay. Like, you know, we could watch Dave Smith if you want, but, or, or we could just do other shit. So like a, a little behind the scenes baseball stuff with like tower power hour when I'm on um, it, the group chat, they'll say, well, what are we going to talk about today? And you know, I don't know, maybe it's usually told like, Oh, we could talk about this event. And it's like, this is obvious. It's, there's nothing funny about it. We're bringing, we're trying to bring culture to whatever we're doing here. So, or, or comedy. So I want to talk about offensive shit. I want to talk about things that we can spin to be funny. You know, Fauci being a hypocrite is not, it's not a, it's not comedic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, people know we're libertarians. We'll, we'll go into liberty shit sometimes, but let's be interesting. Let's be fun. Let's have people actually want to hear what we're, what we're talking about. And then sprinkle in a little bit of a, uh, little bit of that stuff so that way maybe they'll ask some more questions right Right. and that's kind of i think to the larger point that we've kind of been making is that um in order to get people interested in these ideas if you just walk up to your average person and you start berating them about the war in yemen or about taxes or about the federal reserve they'll want nothing to do with you. But once again, if you can develop some kind of relationship with this person through some other means, through the fact that, you know, you two work together, you guys both like drinking the same whiskey, you like going to fires or whatever, then then once you know this person a little bit better, you can figure out the angle a little bit better. And yeah, it's not going to be as quick and easy. And there may be some people that you can get to snap into libertarianism, but I... I think it's a lot easier when people already know who you are and you come at them as a friend and as somebody who they can already relate to. Because if you're just preaching the gospel, once again, what does it mean if nobody cares because you're not anybody worth listening to? 
All right, guys. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT Electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast. And uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So I guess that does. Add, I mean, I feel like in this space, too, there is like a there might be a limited a limited uh, amount of people that will rise to the top. That yeah. we'll talk about just libertarianism. So you, you have like Dave Smith, Tom Wood. These guys are like, you know, if I if I want to know about about war, mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask Scott Horton. Right. So, it's, so sometimes I don't know if I go on a show and someone asks me, "What do you think about the war in Yemen?" I'm like, ask Scott Horton. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm gonna tell you what he told <laughs> what he told me because <laughs> mm -hmm. he's correct. Whereas like, right. uh, let's talk about something else that's I think is a little bit more interesting because my opinions on the matter are. Uh, I don't know. I guess they might be largely regurgitated to some point, mm -hmm. but uh, and maybe I'll have an interesting wrinkle here or there that people might want to listen to. But yeah, I I think I think if you want to build your profile, it's like, well, what's interesting about you? What what do you bring to the table? What you know, what can you do? So I try to surround myself with with people who are are thinking in that manner. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, one thing that I've heard, and it's cliche to a point, but uh, you are kind of the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're spending time with five losers, then, well, chances are you're probably the sixth. And that's a bitter pill for some people to swallow. But if anything, it should be a kick in the ass to say, hey, I should try to be a little bit better than I was yesterday and keep kind of walking down that path. So um one thing that I found interesting about you is that not only are you an artist, but you also did some stuff with music. Um, I believe you said that um, you actually used to make some money off of playing music up in New York. Um, no, I'm sorry. See, I must have cut out there a little bit. But um, what was your history like playing music? And because I think when you were on for the episode that I had all you guys from Tower Power on, um, you kind of mentioned a little bit of it. But um, I guess kind of detail out a little bit of your history with music because i i've never heard you talk about it other than uh, brief little stints yeah uh history of music i i was playing maybe like middle middle high school i mm -hmm. my my grandfather had left uh he he died and he was a real piece of shit but he left me <laughs> his his guitar and it's uh it's a uh, man i forget the name brand but it's like a, a just spanish guitar very nice guitar i think it's worth like two grand or something like that and we had no idea. It was just in the closet. So my mom said, yeah, you got that shit in there. You know, go take a look. And I looked and I was like, I want to learn to play it. So uh, my, my uncle plays. He taught me, you know, all the starter chords. He taught me whatever he could teach me because he knew he knew what he knew. And I guess I was just fascinated with it. So 
I played through like the end of high school um, into college. Actually, in the in the college I went to, I was a co-founder of the music the music group there. So like that was that was kind of cool. Um, with uh, I, I met my wife by playing in a church in a band. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a that's where like a lot of people play. But you know what? You get the most experience. Uh, I I think, in my opinion, playing in in like a church band because even though sometimes the music is not as diverse, it can be depending on what you want to do with mm -hmm. it. But you're dealing with lighting, setup, uh, orchestration. Sometimes you'll get like I don't know. We'll have like a trumpet playing with us and then a violin. And I, for some reason, I fell into the category of the guy that was transposing for the the try i think the trumpet played in like b flat so everything had to be transposed down like a step and a half some shit like mm -hmm. that whatever we're playing and then uh writing fake sheets for the guitars uh getting organizing the music so you'll get guys coming in and out you'll get a bass player that will play too much and you have to like while i'm playing i'm playing like at, at that point i was playing lead guitar while i'm playing i have to hear him during practice and say okay listen let's you don't have to play an arpeggio for every chord you know what i mean mm -hmm. sometimes maybe i want the drums to do four on the floor here and then does everyone agree so that that's a little bit of my background there i went uh i went on a little bit to play uh for weddings like solo guitar so acoustic guitar. oh wow yeah that was fun but uh you gotta like travel around and then people have like odd requests and i i just yeah, yeah i don't know i don't like I don't like dealing with people like that, but it was, <laughs> it was fun and it paid okay for the time mm -hmm. I was doing it. So I was doing that. I got, I can, maybe if I find some pictures, I'll put them up of me, like with my little, my little setup there playing, playing for these people. So that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, like I kind of, when I left, I left that church, I stopped playing for them. So like dumb shit happened there. I haven't really played in a band or anything like that haven't had a desire to now i just play uh for myself so i'll if i pick up my electric or mostly my my acoustic i'll have like a i have a martin acoustic that i really i really like it's a it doesn't have any electric no no sounds sound pickup no pickup in it anything like that it's just like it's like a triple zero model it's beautiful nice i make that thing my bitch and i just i just play yeah <laughs> yeah dude that's awesome yeah i've uh i think i've played guitar now for about I want to say 16 years and uh, your experience is completely different than mine because I, I, I already get the feeling that you've made plenty, plenty more dollars than I have <laughs> playing uh, in uh, like metal bands. You, you make about zero, <laughs> but um, you know what? I, I would never ask for a dime because uh, I, I don't know if you saw, but this past weekend, we literally opened for Lita Ford and that was uh, like, one of the coolest things I ever got to do. We got to open for Steel Panther in fucking 2020, right? June of 2020, there was, we played a sold out field butler with over a thousand people there. Um, and in between each song, people were hitting their horns and screaming and yelling. It was, it was really weird because, you know, we're used to playing in like small bars or maybe like stages outside. But then like, because it was 2020, there's literally people standing in front of their cars. If you go beside your car, you have to put your mask on. If you walk in between the area where all the cars are, you have to put a mask on. But if you're in front of your car, you can take your mask off. It's Pennsylvania in 2020, right? Yeah. So um, that was really cool. But um, like I said, I wouldn't ask for a dime for any of it just because it was so much fun. Um, do you, you would never consider kind of going back out to play music. You just kind of enjoy doing it. 
Oh man. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I do get the itch. It's one of those things where like, if I see, if I see some band that's playing, I'm like, oh, the band's tight. I was like, I'd love to <laughs> be, it's really the drummer for me. I, I don't play metal. I play like, uh, like more of my, my style is more like blues rock. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I love jazz, gypsy jazz. And, uh, mm -hmm. I flirt with some like Spanish modalities whenever I can. But uh, okay, I really cool. like something where I can get in the pocket. Like, uh, it might sound gay to you, but uh, John Mayer is one of my favorites. I really no, like he's him. really good. <laughs> yeah, I, as far as a guitar player, I think probably up there, one of the, yeah, I think he's up there as a guitar player. And I really do like his songwriting. That's like, I was in, in college, I took a couple courses in songwriting and I minored in, in music composition, mm -hmm. not uh, playing. But uh, yeah, so that, I, I, I really do like him. But I like when you have a drummer that can really get in the pocket there, man, and you have a bass player in there, like, just jim and nice. Even if the song is simple, sometimes you're like, I just want to pick something up with you guys and play, but there's a commitment that goes with that that I people don't see. Like, there's so many hours of practice, and mm -hmm. like, not just by yourself, but now you got to practice with people and the personalities, and I have a lot of shit to do. So. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm very, very blessed to play with the people that I play with because they've been playing music for like 20 years. And I've only been playing in bands for about five, but um, they're all very liberty-minded people. And, you know, obviously we don't explicitly say anything political as a band, but like politically we're all on the same page. They're all very, very great people. Um, my bass player and his wife, the singer, um, they own a bunch of businesses. And me and my drummer... You could probably relate to this, but did you ever like play with a drummer and you're like, eh, I don't know, like I just can't feel it. And then you play with a drummer and it's like, yeah. he just has it. I, there's something about that. And me and my drummer now, I got it. Like me and him just speak the exact same language and yeah. not to like brag, but we kind of run shit when it comes to the set. One of the bands I played in, uh, the the drummer, they asked his name is Anthony. They said, "What's your favorite instrument?" And he said, "Danny's guitar." When, <laughs> when I'm like, if I'm playing like rhythm with him, like we're just there, you know. Mm -hmm. But then some other guys just don't gel with for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. I I'm also like a when I play, I feel like a I it, it's it's different. You have to put different hats on. As you you play lead guitar or rhythm, uh, both. But um. <laughs> I want to say slightly, like, if we had to divvy up the leads in the band, it's probably, like, 70-30, because I've been the guitar player in the band for a little bit longer, but also I just do more leads generally, so, yeah, I would say, like, 70-30 split me. Okay, yeah. Uh, maybe that's not a good example, because sometimes lead, you know, lead guitar, it really just depends on who you are as a person. Like, mm -hmm. some people really want to, like, if, if they're playing, they kind of, like, step on the toes of other people they're playing with, you know? As, as a rhythm guitar player it's nice because i i get to like keep the i keep the song together whereas like mm -hmm. you know lead you're kind of just doing like icing on the cake making it pretty um so that that's the kind of player that i like to be where i like to i like to be like cohesive mm -hmm. like whereas i don't know i feel like sometimes people that like don't understand music they'll go to a live concert and be like that was good but i'm like it it was like the music played but it wasn't tight like you mm -hmm. can tell there's some, it, it's like maybe even like, like milliseconds off. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's like, it's not tight. They don't, they're not jamming together and you know that they, that they feel it too. Mm -hmm. they're like, they have to come off stage and be like, that was music, you know, not like that was mm -hmm. fucking tight, man. Like, it, it, and when you, when you're in that, in the pocket with, with whoever you're playing with and you, 
and you like kill a song and you know, mm-hmm. or you, you just slam a set and you're like, that was, that was it. Yeah. You, like, you walk out, you're like, that's the high. That's why I was, I've been practicing. That's why I've been doing these fucking dumbass scales and like all this shit to do this once. I don't even care who's, who's listening. Mm-hmm. I don't care about girls or any of this stuff. It's like a high that you get from that. That is, you just, can't, <laughs> you can't replace that. You know? Yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> that video you brought up the, uh, when Tho said that the least interesting thing about me is being a libertarian, that specific show <laughs> was March of 2021. And I had COVID at that show. And I just look that week. I had so much going on. I'm like, look, I'm not taking a fucking week off. This is a huge sold out show at this fucking enormous venue in Ohio. Fuck it. And guess what? Nobody got COVID. But um, that was kind of one of those shows. We didn't practice that week because I told them, I text them. I didn't find out. I felt like shit throughout like the weekend. And then Monday came and I lost my taste of smell. I'm like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. So I texted uh, my band. I'm like, all right, came down with the shit, guys. Um, we're just keeping it on the DL. You guys <laughs> tell me what you want to do. <laughs> and once again, they're like, ah, you know what? If you if you're good with it, I'm good with it. So like, all right, let's let's fucking go. Um, kind of sucked because we went to. Um, I'm sure you know about this place, Redizio. Um, it's a tourist area. They're all over the place down in Florida. Oh no, I, didn't, I haven't heard of it. Oh my god, you got to go there. You'll you'll absolutely if you like steak and meat and um, like buffets, you'll absolutely love this. Um, so we went to Rhodesia out in Columbus and I couldn't fucking taste anything. And they had like swordfish, they had this <laughs> glazed ham and grilled pineapple, um, all, you know, steak wrapped in bacon, chicken wrapped in bacon, all these different cuts of meat that are just out of this fucking world. And my brother's girlfriend was a little bit more scared of the vid than everybody else at the table. I, you know, me, my fiance and my brother. So we kind of just said like, okay, hush, hush. I don't have COVID. And I'm like, yeah, everything tastes good, but I couldn't fucking taste anything. But um, anyways, sorry, that's a completely um, tangent off subject. After we played that show, I'm like, fuck yeah, we fucking crushed it. But that's exactly kind of what you're describing is that when you play a show or you play a song and everything was just there, you'll know it. And when you're watching a band, you can tell the difference between them just kind of going through the motions and an actual performance. Because actual performance, like I feel like that's what separated Pantera. And I don't, I know you're not a metal guy, but like Pantera, when you watch them, it's like every show was a fucking performance that they just knocked out of the park. And that's what draws me to live bands. I don't want to just watch Tool where they nail every single note perfectly. I want to see somebody fucking be alive, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of of like pre-recorded music. It sounds uh, it sounds sterile to me. Right. Especially if if you've heard a live version and then you hear the pre-recorded, you're yeah. like, something missing. There's like this. Yeah. There's an energy that's that's missing from it. Mm-hmm. Although I again, I'm a hypocrite because one of uh one of the bands I really like uh, Polyphia. Mm-hmm. I all I haven't I haven't heard them live, but their pre-recorded shit is just amazing. They do they nail like a live feel with that that pre-recorded uh i mean you know like the studio in in the studio somehow oh yeah yeah they're they're dynamics i think i think that's the word the dynamics are are like perfect that Mm -hmm. and that's super important so yeah people if you if they're like missing out on that and like like small inflections or expressions or whatever they're doing 
I don't know. Maybe I'm a music snob, but I'm just like, eh, not, not too interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. I think people who aren't musicians are kind of like don't have the same analytical lens musically that you and I have probably wouldn't understand it. But like I said, you could tell when a band like just isn't feeling it and you could tell when a band's on fucking fire. There's just, if for me, when I go to a concert, you just feel it in your bones, your fucking core when just, you know, they're really aching for that specific pitch on this specific note, this specific part of the song, just these little bits and pieces. Um, Dabag Daryl was a guitar player in Pantera, and he said, what may sound like just a squeal to you that may just drive you nuts may sound like the most sexy, serene saxophone playing in the moonlight to another person. I feel like some of this stuff that we're kind of talking about is exactly that kind of dynamic. Yeah, the minutiae of it. And also, it's very important that you have, like, a good sound person, too, man. That's Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> if the mix is fucked up, you're like, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've played, <laughs> I played sometimes where the mix in my, in my ear was good, mm -hmm. or, like, the mix from the monitor was like, I was like, oh, it sounds good. And then the people outside were like, I don't, like, they were, they just weren't feeling whatever we were yeah. doing. I was like, yeah, it's just, it wasn't translating. So that's super important. People don't really get that. Those, mm -hmm. those guys need to get fucked. They get, they get paid. And that's why that's yeah. your, your, your last, the last member of your band. Most important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's completely true. I've, I've played so many shows with bad fucking sound guys and it's like, you don't want to stop the show because you're trying to make it seem as seamless as possible. But sometimes when it's like a fucking ice pick in your ear, which I've had where somebody just has a monitor cranked and you keep telling them, you're doing one of these. Yeah, they, they don't care. They're like, they don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, no, no, it sounds good. No, dude, you're, you're ripping my fucking head off. Yeah, played shows where, like, literally, you're done. You're like, holy fuck me. Yeah. You Do you, uh, so you, you listen to mostly metal, right? I listen to pretty much everything. Um, you brought up blues stuff, and I am a very, very big blues fan. I like Melvin Taylor, BB King, Albert King, Gary Moore is one yeah. of my favorites. So I, I pretty much listen to mostly everything, but for the most part, it is mostly metal. I mean, like blues, I think blues, uh, well, metal or uh, or or rock kind of originated from blues, like that, yeah, at least that scale, and yeah, it it, it all kind of comes from the same spot. But I was going to, my, my guitar teacher has a pretty cool band. I don't know if you're interested. It's like, it's progressive metal. It's called okay. Infinite, Infinite Spectrum. His name is Alex Rakin. Uh -huh. And this guy, man, this guy, like sometimes you, you see someone playing, you're like, ah, why am I even, why am I even doing this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You know, it's funny. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, we had a guy fill in for us for this Lita Ford show. And the guy that filled in for us is exactly that guy. And like, I wrote most of these songs. He's like, dude, these songs are so cool. And I'm like, like <laughs> this dude is so fucking good. And it, 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 I, I've, I've watched him play for like probably 10 years now. And uh, my singer just hit him up to fill in for us. But yeah, he was kind of one of those guys where every time I watch him play, I'm like, I, I like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, or, or like I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do something different because I can't. I can't do that. I don't think I can do that. Whatever you just do with your hand, you take that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. That's. I think that's what kept me away from metal too. Like, like I'm kind of. I'm not like Eric Clapton. Like we're like real slow, but I'm. I'm more expressive. I'd rather play. <laughs> I'd rather like find the find like a like a more expressive note than 
than like a, a sweep I can do. I'll do a down sweep or like whatever, a minor, a major, a major sweep. But like then coming back up and, and bringing it to like the second or third position and like, oh, God, stuff's giving me a headache. So I'm like, <laughs> I try to keep it simple, stupid, you know, like we'll play our double stops and shit like that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not like the fastest uh, technique. I don't know how you guys do that stuff. And how I, are you doing that shit if you're playing metal? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I try to put up videos of um, different shows we played and solos that I do just so that way I can be like, you know, this for everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's um, for me, it, it, I have to sit there and listen to the rhythm track over and over and over again, like to the point where it's monotonous till I finally find something that feels pretty good. Um, the song that we have out now, if you look up A Common Crown, if you want, the last solo in that song is the first solo I ever like recorded on a song. And one of these moments for me, which was really, really cool. I played it and I remember everybody in the room turning and looking and like, whoa, like, like just the look on their face. Like they were amazed that I just played that. And it, it, it not to like stroke myself off about it, but I'm like, uh, I clearly why, wrote something good. This. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah that's like the back one of my music teachers said uh she's like you know when you see somebody playing a, a guitar solo it might just look like they're moving their fingers but it's the equivalent of doing like a backflip and then going like you know like the gymnast when they do that she's like that's what he he just did that on the fretboard so she's yeah. fucking respect man that was like years of him sitting in his basement or whatever <laughs> running the same scale until you finally nail it yeah yeah and that's exactly the way that solo was because i have a little like tapping part at the end and like the the final note when it rang out was really cool and i don't know i i just always enjoyed the experience of playing music and recording because when you hear something come together on a record and hopefully our new cd whenever it comes out um people kind of hear what i'm talking about there's a lot of stuff where just when it finally came together i'm like oh my god this is fucking awesome and my singer is so fucking good um <laughs> there's like songs that seem pretty bland but then the way that she can sing over top of them i'm like holy fuck she can really just bring everything together and make it something fucking incredible and i just like i said i'm very very grateful to be playing with the incredibly talented people that i play with yeah that's man singers are, are old they're like my wife is a singer and she's she's really oh good. okay yeah, but I'm like am very envious of these people because I, <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say I could like if I had to like hold a note maybe, mm -hmm. but I just can't fucking sing, man. I could play, yeah. I, but I feel like anyone could play. Like if you trained, if you, if you really were just crazy enough, why why did why did you start playing? That's a good question. Why? It appealed to me because all my friends were doing it at the time guitar here was really really big but yeah. i'd also just been a big fan of music and like my dad listened to like you know all sorts of i don't want to say heavier stuff but like metallica and motley Crue, and i always kind of liked that kind of music and then i found out about like pantera and really started digging into metallica and just all the kind of like 80s and 90s metal and then from there you know slipknot um trivium kill switch engage a lot of like the early 2000s metal is what really kind of got me into it and it was just kind of like the raw energy of like the 2002 to like 2008 metal 
that I grew up on that just drew me to music and just realized that like it's an experience in the metal community is like this just group of people where you're next to a fat sweaty dude at a concert who just spilled beer on you but you guys are singing the same song or bumping into a dude at a festival and he tells you he has acid and walks off and yeah like I, I don't do any of that shit dude I've never smoked weed in my fucking life I've drank more whiskey than you know probably most people have but uh you know like no that shit's my shit but like we're all here to just enjoy the music and you kind of do a point that we we're making earlier it's, it's not about politics or anything like that like you're just there to enjoy the band that's in front of you yeah. um that's what really always attracted me to playing music and i'm i'm guessing you probably feel something similar as well yeah yeah i, I, I thought that's something that i did give a lot of thought to like back in the day there is like like you hear, I maybe hear a song and for some reason, like my, some, like I guess most people, most people will hear a song and they'll go, that's a good song. I like that. I'll play it again. And, and for me, like, uh, I don't know, maybe that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Like, like I, I, uh, I saw a table that I liked and I was like, oh, I, I, I'm going to learn how to build a table and I mm -hmm. fucking build it. Or I, I have an idea in my head. I'm like, I have to learn how to use this art program and I learn how to use it. And then I draw, I had the same kind of idea with, with music. I was like, I like that song. I want to learn how to do that on this thing. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of retarded <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. Cause I'm just sitting here like doing it badly until like, like, you know, your fingers hurt. Then you pick it up that for some reason you come back the next day and you're like, you do it again, bad. Mm -hmm. Like, why did I, why did I want to do this? And then at what point does it become like it, you go from like, you pass, you pass like the, the regular person who's like, all right, well, I know these four chords and I could slide this capo up and down and I'll sit by a campfire or whatever mm -hmm. till like I get to a point where I'm like, uh, I'm memorizing every, every scale, every note in every scale, <laughs> every note, uh, like more importantly for me was every note in every chord, mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously major minor, then you have your sevens, you're diminished. Then, then you start getting into like weird shit, like uh flattened seven sharpened, sharpen nine or whatever the fuck you're mm -hmm. doing like jazz stuff and it's like that I'm like, why am i doing this like it becomes a because that, that's not even for the stage part you're not playing i can't play any of that stuff on stage that's more of like an inquisitive thing of like uh like what if i put this here what if mm -hmm. i did this how can i make this resolve nicely into this what would that yeah i don't know why i don't i know why i started like same thing you have an interest but why do you keep why do i keep going and even mm -hmm. now like I'm, I'm playing passively but there's still so like, you know, if I hear a song, sometimes I'll, I'll go, I'll take my guitar out and I'll look at it and I'll say, what did he do here? And if it's, you know, if it's complex, I say, why did he do it? Why did mm -hmm. they do it like that? Right. I kind of want to like break this stuff down. Maybe I, I think it's a part of why I'm a libertarian because it's the autism that like, <laughs> <laughs> drew me into all, all of these things, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Are you like, you, you that way too, or are you just kind of like. Yeah, honestly, when, when I watch other guitar players play and I hear something that sounds really cool, um, I've been listening to this band Bleed from Within a lot, and uh, they have like a lot of like Phrygian minor stuff, and I've always loved that scale just because it has like this almost like Egyptian kind of sound to it, but it sounds really, really dark, and when metal bands use it, it, it just sounds ungodly fucking awesome and they used to scale a lot so like when i'm listening to their music i'm like oh my god like this is what i've been looking for do you have you ever like wanted to hear something out of a band and you find a band it's like every single song they just yeah. nail it yeah, yeah. very something very embarrassing I'll, I'll say i don't give a shit um some so i like uh, all kinds of music so i will listen to metal everything yeah. but 
sometimes I'm like, I want to hear like you want a certain type of food. And for some reason, some of some of Lin Manuel Miranda's music is like, I kind of wanted to hear that. It's like it's like a Lincoln Park. You know how Lincoln Park has its place. It's like yeah. rap, I fucking rock. love Lincoln Park though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, if if every band was doing Lincoln Park stuff, you'd be like, uh, you know, like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I some people just nail it. They give you they give you that taste that you've been looking for. That I maybe I wasn't even sure I was looking for it. But I was like, oh, that's it. That's what yeah. I. <laughs> that's well, you know, what I want give me a little bit more of that. Yeah. To your point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you froze up a little bit we'll wait we'll give him a second <laughs> um of course it kind of to your point um selena gomez was real big like 10 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> but you know what? like the way her, her voices and the way that they edit her songs i'm like this shit's actually really fucking catchy and like obviously it's not her that probably wrote a lot of the stuff but like whoever did it and her voice singing those songs I, I just find them really catchy and I find it very, very easy to like listen to. And obviously I'm not going to go in my car and fucking fire up and listen to Selena Gomez every day. But like you can appreciate a good song for a good song or at least like the structure of it for being good. Like yes. I don't like Nirvana that much at all, but like I can look at what Kurt Cobain did and say, holy fuck, this dude was a genius songwriter. Like this dude could write songs that are so unique but so like digestible to the average person. And that's why Nirvana was so successful. It's kind of the same way I look at like Alison Chains. Love Alison Chains. Jerry Cantrell is a good guitar player. He's not like the most shred-tastic guitar player, but like that dude can write the most awesome, grungy, dark, just kind of moody songs that if you're, if you're in the mood for them, they really fucking hit the spot. And yeah. that's like his gift, right? That's his specific niche and nobody else could do it like he does it you reminded me of i i have to listen to their stuff again it's been years mm -hmm. but uh incubus uh, love incubus yeah great i mean yeah. his, the guy's vocals of uh, brandon brandon boyd i think his vocals yeah. are they're so unique and they're great i don't even think he has any training he's just mm -hmm. like sings like sings great but uh the guitar player mike eisinger eisinger mm -hmm. the guy's like a certified genius he studied in china somewhere but the way the it's just I, I, it's hard to even explain his approach to writing writing the songs is just like i would never write a song like that because it's just it, i don't know it it wouldn't occur to me to do it that way but when i listen to him like oh that's just great there's one uh pardon me like if you listen to the studio version mm -hmm. it's it's good but uh, if you listen to the acoustic version and then yes play it have you have you heard that I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> play, play some of the chords in, in the verse. And you're like, why the fuck did you do that? And how does it work? But it's all mathematical. He's not a kind of guy that's like, uh, I'm just going to slap these down and see how it works. He did the math beforehand and then, and then wrote the song. He probably didn't even play it. He probably yeah. like wrote it mathematically and then tested through it, which is to me, that's like a level that's, I mean, you know, there's there's different ways to do it. Obviously, some some people do it by feel, and some people do it like very analytically. Mm -hmm. That guy's one of my favorite to listen to. Or like, I, I don't know, one of the most basic song he does, uh, the the song Drive, where he'll play mm -hmm. he play the solo, but it's backwards, and it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, duh, like what? It's just a <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cool idea to do. I, yeah. I I like that kind of I like that kind of style. Or, yeah, it, yeah. 
it's funny that you brought them up because I remember somebody else telling me like, oh yeah, well, it sounds real simple, but like you go to learn to play it and I've done this and I'm like, holy fuck, like how is he playing this? Because none of it sounds like it would be that hard, but when you actually look at the stuff he's playing, I'm like, how did he do this? Because to the average guitar player, it, it makes no sense, but they're, a lot of people kind of don't like them just because they're like kind of your standard pop rock or at least from like metal people, but I've always, always liked them. But, um, you know, they're, I remember buying their CD Light Grenades and I think it was 2006. So I would have been 12 years old. <laughs> and uh, I remember hearing Animali and uh, oh. I fucking loved that song. And I love that whole CD ever um, from the day that I got it. And I still listen to it every here and there, but yeah, they're, they're just very, very unique musicians. And that's something really, really cool about them. They're not just like a standard kind of, you know, toe the line kind of band. They, they just very unique. Yeah. It's, that's a weird, I, I don't know. I don't, I guess I haven't heard people criticize them as much, but I'm sure that they mm -hmm. do get that. Like, Oh, they're very main, maybe because they are mainstream, but uh, yeah. I was like, so uh, Anna Molly was, I, I wanted to name my daughter Anna, but my wife wasn't having it. Cause I, I do love that song too. Now, now I'm listening to it. it's been so long uh, um another band i don't want to i don't want to keep you forever or bore you but you another good. band that's a that's a weird one uh the first album at least uh panic at the disco i don't even know what they are Have, you know what that band is yeah no, no i know them i the, the song always comes to my mind is uh closing the goddamn door or whatever uh i write since not tragedies that's what that song was called yeah 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 that whole album uh bizarre i don't know <laughs> but the the musicality in it is just fantastic like the the huh. instrumentation like listen to it it's for me it's one of the albums that i could put on and listen all the way through and go oh okay like they mm. they use every type they use like they, they use like a harpsichord but effectively not just to throw it in there it's like it's almost the mat thematic music then then their later albums kind of like got weird i think they might have lost some band members but Whoever was doing the writing in the beginning, they were doing some weird shit. Mm. And I was like, I like this. It was, it was just weird. But I guess people would consider that mainstream as well because it, yeah. it was played on the radio. But if you if you understand music and really could like dissect what they're doing, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah well you know what um i think <laughs> i'll have to ask you uh the last couple questions and we'll have to go uh jam that stuff because i'm actually really interested because i never i never thought panic at the disco would be the kind of band <laughs> that like wrote eloquently or well but um no it's super interesting i'll have to listen to that tomorrow um do you have any other uh thoughts before i ask you the last couple questions uh no go ahead cool uh top what does liberty look like to you what does it look like to me mm -hmm. um like if I'm drawing it, that's actually a good question. No, uh, whatever it looks like to you, man. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I try to, you know, I try to ask myself that a lot. Like when I'm, when I am sit, if I sit down to like draw a t-shirt idea or just a concept idea, it's like, what is this thing that I'm, that I'm doing? What does it look like to me? Hmm. Physically. I'm not, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. What, what does it look like conceptually? It looks like what, uh, kind of what I'm doing now where I'm, I'm just in my house. I have my acreage. I have my space. I look outside. I see my kids doing their thing. I'm not being bothered by, you know, any, any external forces. My mind is at ease with what I'm doing. I think Liberty might look like, Liberty might look like everything else I'm doing, if that makes sense. Because Liberty for me is not something that I, 
that I would want, uh, if, if I, if we actually got Liberty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to obsess about talking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's something that I want to get so I can do other shit. So Liberty for me, I guess, looks like all the other things that I want to do, um, unimpeded or, uh, I want to do them uninfluenced by external forces or like, you know, the, the world economic foundation (laughs) that's what liberty looks like to me it's everything else cool yeah no i really really like that answer and i think that's uh something that i've hopefully um portrayed throughout the show is that uh liberty shouldn't just be a pursuit of politics it should be you know a holistic approach where it's your you know you being more responsible for your own actions and then also being autonomous to the greatest ability that you can which means you know pursuing health so that way you're not hindered by your own physical performance um you know that's a huge thing at least in my mind um what does health look like to you (sighs) health health i'm actually trying to get my health back Mm -hmm. i uh I feel like uh, the stress that I was put under a few years for the few years that kind of like took a toll on me. Mm-hmm. Health, health looks like to me, it could, I mean, it could be, it could be like something like the gym could be cardio, but to me, it's just, it's, it's something like my, my father, he, he actually lives on the property with us. Now they're building the house, but he's going to be 70 in a few years. And he's, you know, when I'm out in the yard building stuff or doing whatever, he's right there doing it too. Mm-hmm. So I look over my shoulder and I see him and I'm like, oh, that health, health is, health is getting to your old age and not being, and not being like, a, a, you know, useless or mm-hmm. having ailments that stop you from doing the things you want to do. It's, it's not necessarily muscle or, or cardio or whatever it is. Although those things are good. Having a six mm-hmm. pack is really nice when you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, health, health is, health is, a. Uh, I think the word uh, diet comes from the word dieta, and that means uh, it's like a change of lifestyle. It doesn't mean what you're eating tomorrow or today. It just means what you're eating in in the foreseeable future, where you're changing you're changing everything about you to uh, to to remain healthy. So that's yeah. It's I, I guess health means just a constant a constant struggle against whatever's going on, and hopefully I can end up like my dad. In, in decent shape at 70 or whatever. Yeah. Now I always um, kind of like seeing the older guys out there hustling. Um, it it kind of gives me hope because I hope to be the, uh, you know, Jack and Tan granddad one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if I get there. I always used to joke. I want to be the uh, DILF when I get older, but um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> you're, you're on your way, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I kids are definitely in the near future for uh, my fiance and I, and like I said, we're getting married in November and um, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, Top, where can everybody find you, dude? Uh, you can go to my website, toplobster.com. We're doing some really cool things. We're going to be integrating some big names, selling some merch for them soon. Um, Toplobster underscore on Twitter. And uh, I'm actually, yeah, you know, fuck it, I'll say it. This is the first place I'll say it, but uh, I'm I'm going to be organizing and designing for uh, Gas Digital. So that's a big one. Uh, so what when... When I start doing that, I'm, I'm in the beginning phases of it. But when I start doing that, after I organize a store and everything, you know, all my fans, they're probably already fans of there, but go support them, all that shit, and you'll be supporting me. So that's like, a, that's like, for me, it's come full circle from hearing Dave Smith to going all the way around and like 
almost being involved in this uh in 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 what they're doing is just is weird and bizarre and and thank you for everybody who's like who's supported me or like bothered Louis J Gomez or whatever <laughs> he followed me and yeah so that's that's been awesome. this is the first place that I'm saying it publicly so I guess whenever this drops this is a yeah nice dude well that's I I couldn't be happier for you dude that's fucking awesome so it's uh it, it's really cool to see kind of how I don't say you came from nothing, right? You were just an Etsy seller and now you're literally designing for one of the biggest like Liberty podcast networks. Yeah. I was a, I was a truck driver. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And now I guess, I guess I'm doing that. So I don't know how it ends up this way, but I, yeah, just keep, I, I'm going to keep doing whatever, whatever I, I feel like doing. That's what I, I tell people too. Like, you know, just keep on struggling stupidly because you don't <laughs> And and then, you know, you'll go to the next thing. And once you're there, don't get comfortable and struggle a little more stupidly. And then the next thing, and you, know, you <laughs> might end up in jail. You might end up doing something cool. <laughs> nice, dude. All right. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think everybody's going to um, enjoy it as well. So um, if you don't got any other um, thoughts, we'll close her out, man. No, no other thoughts. Thanks, you. Thanks, for, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I'm always shocked when someone asks me to come on. So th thank you. I appreciate it. No, dude, of course it was a, a great conversation. Like I said, I think people are going to enjoy it. I know I certainly did. Um, I really enjoyed your appearance on Reed's show as well. So uh, make sure you go to subscribe to Reed, even though um, he's, I guess, the second best Liberty trucker. Although you may not be trucking anymore, um, he's yeah. he's still second best. He's the, he's, he sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out Reed, Clint, uh, Liberty Lockdown, No Way Jose, and Tower Power Hour. Those are the homies. And also Josh Smith, if, whenever fuck he does his show again. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All those guys are absolutely great guys. So uh Hell yeah, man. Well, um, like I said, I guess we'll close her out, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the invite. Sure. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.